I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and they do a great little snack table here. <laughs> and my name is Colin Drucker, and you can call me Pazuzzi, you can call me Noni, Nani, whatever. <laughs> oh, Roz. Rise. Rise. The name on everyone's yes. lips is going to be Roz. Roz. This week. Yeah. yeah. I, like, obviously this week, you know, folks uh, who've read the title or read the description know that we are talking about the movie Hello, My Name is Doris, but sp- which, of course, has a, fa- a fabulous uh, starring role uh, played by Sally Field. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think for our, our best supporting actress uh, sexuals, this movie is all about Tyne Daly... And dare say Caroline Aaron as her I was, friends. Yeah, sub, oh gosh, assistant to the best supporting actress, Caroline. Oh, it's the perfect combo. I know. I kept thinking that. I was like, you know, I think that was like, I think the Tootsie episode was the first time we talked about assistant to the best supporting yes. actress with Terry Garr. And I think Caroline Aaron as Val is like equally quintessential. Yeah, just enough. Mm-hmm. Just enough. It's, uh, we should come up with our own sort of sentence. I'm like maximizing the best supporting actresses. <laughs> Something, right, you know something. What I mean? right, right. I mean, it's even harder, like, if we think about a Best Supporting Actress, like, making more of an impact with less time, the assistant yeah. to the Best Supporting Actress is doing even more with even less time. This is true. Because she's really, she just, <clears throat> excuse me, she just pops in because she's not another Best Supporting Actress. Like, she wouldn't get nominated for anything. I mean, neither did, no one got nominated for this. And I, I want to talk about that with you, too, because it's... Um, when was the first time you saw this? Did you see this in theaters or was this something that you had just recently saw? I, no, I had seen it a few years ago and I can't remember how it got on my radar. It's totally possible that indeed Lady Watch talked about it. And so I was like, oh, what's this? Hello, yeah. my name is Doris. And like, I think they raved about it. And so eventually I think I rented it. And, um, and you know, it's funny. I, the first, I, I don't remember for sure, but my memory from the first time I watched it is that I liked it, but didn't love it. And I just, you know, spoiler alert, second time I watched it, loved it and loved it. Like, loved it. Interesting. I'd say that I'm still liked it, but loved it. But here's my thing. The the the, the caveat there is that I... The biggest problem I have with the movie is... I, I it's I'm gonna say this is Sally Field. <gasps> wow, Ooh, I know. Wow, and it, and it also could be the writing. So I I am very interested to discuss that because everything on this movie, like everything about this movie on paper, is like my kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Everything about mm-hmm. it too, like a a woman of a certain age, just like 
dealing with grief and also tr- like finding new love. Max Greenfield is a he's a snack, oh, as the kids say. Completely two C's. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, and I love Sally Field. Sally Fields. As some people say, right. as my mom says, you know. Right, 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 totally. <laughs> oh, that's Sally Fields. Yeah, it's just one oh, field. she's so yeah. great. She was a flying nun, you know? Yep, she is. Yeah, Gidget. <laughs> yeah, Gidget. Uh, but I... No, she's not Gidget. I, anyway, go on. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's all right. <laughs> oh, maybe she is, Is she though. Gidget? No. Because I was reading an article yesterday. Um, maybe she is. I'm thinking, is that Sandra D or is that Sally Field who's Gidget? I think it's... It. Uh, yeah, we'll look it up. But I, I, I swear Gidget... Sally, I typed in God. Gotcha. Yeah, Gidget Sally Field. Oh, thank God. Yeah. She was Gidget. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah she, oh, she's so cute. Yeah. Um, I think what I liked more about this time through was the supporting characters. Mm-hmm. I think that really kind of made me like this movie a lot more. I, I didn't hate it. I remember Keanu and I both watched it, and we were, like, so excited to watch mm-hmm. it. And we both were just like, okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't like, I think we might have talked about it on Squirrel Friends at the time, but um, I wasn't gushing about it. But I'm I'm so interested to hear um, your journey from like to love. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, this is great. This is differing perspectives because I, yeah. I, I do think that I now have a different appreciation for Sally Field having listened to her audiobook, her like memoir. I feel like, Ooh, okay. you know, that like changes your feeling about someone. You're like, oh. I yes. see the iceberg underneath this person. And I will say, I mean, I know some people kind of poo-poo audiobooks, and those people can go poo-poo in their, their pants because <laughs> I, uh, especially when it's Sally Field reading her own memoir, I don't know why you wouldn't listen to Sally Field versus reading yeah. it. It's so good. It's it's <clears throat> it's kind of dark. I mean, she's been through some shit, and she's really like mm-hmm. navigated a lot of anxiety in her life and a lot of challenges and, and abuse and whatnot. But... Um, it just like so informed this woman who I always thought of in much simpler terms, you know? Yeah. She seems like the girl next door mm-hmm. and, and in many ways she has been. And, um, it's cool. I, I love audiobooks for that very reason too, because you spend like, you know, 10 hours with her yeah, and, and you get to just like peek into her life and discover all these new things. That's cool. So that's cool. That's so you did that obviously before watching this movie I did. this week too. So there's a little bit of, uh, uh, a layer there or layers mm-hmm. uh, plural yeah okay so there is that part so i mean in case anyone who doesn't know the story of hello my name is doris like a quick catch-up sally field yeah. plays doris i think a woman in her i would say early 60s who's yes. uh lives in staten island her mother has just passed away at the beginning of the movie who she's been a longtime caretaker of uh sally field is one of those people at an office who's been there for 20 years doing the same data entry role um, you know, just sort of a, a relic of time from, you know, <clears throat> I think of like the, the secretaries in Working Girl. Oh, yes. Caroline Aaron having played yes. one of them infamously. Yeah. Oh, my God. And how Doris would have been in that pool and is oh, she still there when as the company's modernized and it's gotten much younger than her. And of course, she falls in love with her new co-worker, um, uh, Max, Max Greenfield, Greenfield. Uh, aka John something. His name's John. Though. Oh yeah, John. Yeah, John in the movie. Um, but yeah, so Max Greenfield, who is indeed total snack. Um, oh yeah. And uh, in the meantime, is supported by her best friend, longtime best friend Roz, played by the incomparable Tyne Daly, um, and to a somewhat lesser extent, but still supported by her other friend Val, played by the fabulous. 
Caroline Aaron. Um, yes. And special mention to Raj's granddaughter, Vivian, played by Isabel Akers, who is so funny and so much like I liked her so much more than I thought I would. Yeah. You know? Like a little teenage girl mm-hmm. kind of really not really thinking twice about all the romance. She's like just going with mm-hmm. it. Um, but if I was a teenager, I'd be like, you're because Sally Field was 69 years old when she filmed this. Wow. So yeah born i mean she obviously looks great she always has looked great um but that's uh getting up there and it just makes me think of the relationship between her and max to a a different degree obviously Mm -hmm. she's meant to be like in her early 60s but obviously there's still an age gap i'm I'm kind of just uh (laughs) i'm just talking here help me (laughs) back help me back um (laughs) well and i think i mean so and that's kind of (laughs) (laughs) i just started this went somewhere. I don't know. I mean, I, but I think I think you're actually bringing up like a valid point of the movie, and I think the whole point of the movie is that um, we she it's the concept seems kind of ridiculous for her to be you know falling in love with this guy who's young enough to be your grandson, um, and I think kind of the the question that the movie tries to ask throughout this you know the duration of the movie is like well why not what if it could work you know and we see these we see it very at the very least we see a friendship that develops that granted is based on uh, Doris, you know, pretending that she's a big baby Goya fan, but then they go to that, they go to that concert and they see each other at that concert and they have a great time together. And, um, and it's, and their connection is not based on him having like a weird fetish or like a strange grandma story or anything like that. He's just like a normal guy, um, kind of basic. I feel like the, the writing is clever and that John's a nice guy, but he's a little basic, you know, he's yeah. Like dad jokes. Mm -hmm. Like he's just, I know that guy. Right. Right. Like I feel like he's, he's indeed a snack because after like six months to a year, I'm like, I could go for dinner soon, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so, um, and I, you know, I think that even though, uh, Doris kind of makes up a persona and kind of pretends to like things that he likes to make a connection with him, it's like it may look kind of ridiculous because Doris is so much older than him, but like we've all done that and we all do that some in some ways. And I think what it really speaks to is how Doris has had this arrested development in her life where instead of having a life of her own, she just took care of her mother. And so she's doing things that a teenager would do. And she's, you know, calling Vivian and consulting her on these things because it's like she never got to do any of this. And so she's finally living that life and um i feel like the movie is kind of daring us to see that as valid yes and i think sometimes i i not sometimes but i'll just say like i i should check myself i don't think that like i was uncomfortable by the age gap i just knew it's almost like when you watch this movie you know that it's probably not going to work out. It's mm-hmm. like watching Titanic. You know that the boat's going to sink. It's just a matter of time. So there's a certain amount of like, when's it going to happen? Cringiness for me. Once it gets to the point where like, especially when she like bumps into them at the, um, when he's on the date with that girl. And like, I, one of my big things for this was like, I, I just feel John, although kind of a dope, would have been smart enough to sort this stuff out quicker, like to figure Sally Field out to um, to to say like, oh, this this woman might be crushing on me and I need to like 
be professional about this and like squash it as soon as I can. But he, but he didn't or didn't see it coming, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a so, good question. I wonder if the yeah. basicness is part of that. It's he just doesn't even see it coming. But I hear what you're saying. But but everything that you're saying, like, again, on paper, I really love, like, I love that this all comes out of grief. I love that she had this life, like, stolen away from her because of, you know, um, her codependency on her mother, but also, like, her mother's guilt. Like, she couldn't leave her mother, like, even when she was proposed to, which is a great scene. We'll talk about mm. that. Um and it's a schoolgirl crush. It's like, we've all been there. It's the stealing of the pencil. It's adding him on Facebook. It's latching on to his interests. We've all done that. And like, it's maybe it's just because I've never seen it done before. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the first movie that I've ever seen that. So it is unusual for me. It is uncomfortable for me to watch that. And again, I'm willing to check myself and sort of sit with that and digest. But I think really, ultimately, this is going to sound... There's so many, I think one of like Sally Field's best strengths in this, or like like her biggest strength in this movie is her humor mm-hmm. and the way that she navigates some of this too. But like there are some moments like where I wish she wasn't as frazzled, I mm-hmm. guess. But like I know that she has to be. Like when she has like that, um, it's in the trailer too, when she talks, uh, when she's having that like, uh, fantasy about John in like the break room yeah. with the coffee and then they shoot to her and her mouth's hanging open like this. Um, it's like, it's funny. It's a great gag, but like it doesn't support any sort of like realistic, like if I saw someone doing that, I'd be a little afraid. Right. And like all he says is like, isn't Doris weird? You know what I mean? Like to, to his friends. I, I and, But there's so many like quirks that she does that I, that I, that I really do like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know part of this conversation is like, well, what would I have rather have had? What would I have rather seen her do? And I don't know what that is. So it's unfair for me to like critique the performance, but there's like a lot of bold choices that she makes. And sometimes I wish she'd tone it down, I guess. I don't know, but I still like it. Yeah. Walk me through. I don't know if all that makes sense to you, or maybe you have something to say about it. It does. There's a, there's an element of that that I think, cause I get, I totally get what you're saying. There is there are these moments of absurdity, like that moment where she's fantasizing yeah. and he, she's just standing there looking like she's having a, a, a stroke. Um, and what I what I think informs some of that is because Michael Showalter, who That's is true. you know a big UCB figure and like a big like I always think of like Wet Hot American Summer, and I thought like yeah like that is kind of a it's almost like you have to see Wet Hot American Summer first to then see this because there are moments in this movie that has a very this movie you know is way more genuine than wet hot american summer but there are moments in this that all of a sudden get really surreal and get kind of absurd and and i think the, even the conversations between the coworkers, like uh you know natasha leone and uh kamal N- i'm gonna say it's right his name wrong kumail Nanjani. thank you okay. i knew you knew it and so i was like let me just say yeah. last and ask him to do it um but there's <laughs> moments in those conversations that are um there's there's an edge of weird that reminds me of wet hot american summer and so i feel like that's kind of the acquired taste of this movie is that like Mm -hmm. just at the fringes of it it there's something that does go a little like oh that's not realistic whereas then there's these other moments that are like hyper realistic and hyper genuine 
um, for example, you know, Roz and Val and like, you know, that relationship and their dynamic is so is so based in like, I know who these women are. These are real New York women, you know? That was also in the back of my mind to, to an extent. It's like, I wanted it to be more earnest, I suppose. And at times it is, but I think that, um, I think one thing, I can't remember what part of the movie, but there's something where she's she's looking at him and she like something happens where it's just like a moment she has with him and she has this like she lingers too long on a sort of like gasp sort of like <gasps> and she goes on for like it feels like three minutes and I'm like okay you don't need to do this mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I don't think she realizes she's doing it also but like the other side of that is like if she's feeling this for the first time like that's exactly how like my middle school students act you know mm-hmm. what I mean it's 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 placing that within a 69-year-old woman. And again, I guess I'm just not used to seeing it. Or that I feel like she should have had some sort of... Even with like the romance that she talks about with her fiancé, it's like she's at least been in love enough to know what those beginning things mm-hmm. feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just been dormant. And now it's like a volcano and it's like a big one. Right. Um, where I'd rather see just like lava trickling down the side of the volcano it's coming out the top at some point yeah um yeah i hear that it's it is a a a very it is a fully committed performance and at points maybe she should be committed but it's i think again it's probably informed by the fact that i've (laughs) listened to her memoir but it's like i i guess i just like appreciate that sally field does for better or for worse, just disappear into the role. Like she, like she has a yes. She has a body language. The way she walks is very specific. Like the oh, you know, yes. the costumes that she wears in this, in this movie are just like so over the top. But like she makes it work. I mean, I <clears throat> I think my favorite, one of my favorite moments is when she first puts on the Baby Goya album and she's like listening to it and like starting to move. And then, you know, you kind of expect in those moments that she's gonna kind of make a fool of herself or or bump into something and go and and not be able to dance to the music and she figures it out and it's just this beautiful moment of her just like giving into the music and i wouldn't say she's dancing well but she's having a great time and that looks like good dancing to me you know yeah i read a review that said she's like a whirling dervish yes. in that scene like she's just like an awkward whirling dervish um listening to baby goya yeah and i think that maybe it's maybe the other half of this is like i think sally field is so beautiful and so cool that like part of me feels like it's like one of those like girl with the nerdy glasses who takes it mm-hmm. off at the end of the movie and suddenly she's hot maybe I could have, maybe I wanted someone a little bit more homely than Sally Field. I don't mm. know. I'm still sorting it out, and maybe I'll figure it out by the end of this. But with all this being said, I, I do like Sally Field in this role. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one of the first lines that I wrote down is when they're on Facebook, and she's like, "Roz, he likes Indian food." <laughs> like it's like it's stuff like that that I'm like, oh. Yes, I, yes, I like that, that sort of yeah. And that moment, and then Roz is like, "When have you had Indian food?" And it's like. Doris is like yes. off camera like running to the couch going I haven't but I could and I just that is just genius I yes uh, which of course like does bring us to to Roz I think yes please oh, so Lord. have you Tyne Daly I mean her her probably her biggest credit is uh and Cagney and Lacey uh with uh mm-hmm. Sharon Gless who you, you may know from Queer as Folk uh as Michael mm-hmm. Novotny's mother Debbie uh have you have you ever seen Tyne Daly in anything else? 
No, the only thing I've ever seen her... It's like my point of reference with Tyne Daly is Gypsy. Mm. She was one of the many Mama Roses. Yeah. And um, I believe she won a Tony for that. I'm going to say that boldly I think on you're the podcast. Right. And then I'm going to look it up after. Just to, I'm going to do it right now just mm-hmm. so the, the Broadway gays don't come after yeah. me. But I'm, I'm fairly certain. I think you're right. Um, and she has such Mama Rose energy. Like I just, I just think she's such a dynamic actress that's like... I think she's like the perfect blend of like a handsome woman and a beautiful woman. Yeah. I think there's, I think it's like 50 50. I think that she's like a knockout, but also has like that, like, don't fuck with me, fellas, sort mm-hmm. of like she can roar if she wants to, which I feel is so important for Mama Rose and just like her general, like, how she navigates the world. I feel like she's such a, a ball buster, mm-hmm. or at least those are the types of women like that I picture her playing. Um, so I, I really love her a lot. I think she's great. I agree. <laughs> I like, she's one of those actresses where it's like, no matter what she does, I'm interested. I'm, I know she's going to bring nuance to it. I would watch judging Amy just so I can see Tyne Daly in it. Um, I've never watched judging Amy, but Hey, you know, uh, I got nothing but time these days. Uh, I think she was also nominated for a Tony for Rabbit Hole, um, and she played the mo- the role that Diane Weist played in the movie, the grandmother. Oh, yeah, and I've seen her in a few other things, but I feel like um, it's one of those things that like I've seen a few episodes of Cagney and Lacey. I've seen like some older movies that she's been in. I did see a, mo- a play she was in on Broadway. I think it was called. Was it Masterclass? It wasn't oh. Masterclass. It was like Mother or something like that, where she plays like the over... She plays the mother... Oh, Mothers and Sons. Mothers and Sons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I didn't, I'm looking at it right now. I yeah. didn't love that play, but I remember her being great in it. But it was like a very flat play. Interesting. Nothing like a good old flat play. Yeah. Um, She's she's great. I want, I want to see more of her. So I was so... I remembered, honestly, like... Her in the trailer because they show this in the trailer the the track scene yeah where she's where she runs after that woman I was like that was really what threw me over the edge I was like I have to see this movie oh that and that's yeah. of course like you know we talk about a lot like when is the best supporting actress introduced in a movie and like oh. how what is her first scene and like the first scene we see is of Roz and Doris you know walking the track at the at the gym. And then, you know, this girl trying to pass them and telling them, get in the slow lane, ladies. And then Roz flipping out when she gives her the finger and running after her. And uh, the thing that kills me the most, I mean, the, the chase scene goes on a little bit longer than you expect. And then she putters out and puts her hand against the wall. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, oh, it's so good. She just like pauses. <laughs> She's like, go eat some kale, fascist. <laughs> fascist. The way she yells fascist yeah, is, yeah, you better run, she says. Right. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it, it tells us, I feel like, and I think this is, you know, the power of Tyne Daly is that every, in, every choice she makes tells us something about this character, is informed. I feel like she doesn't waste a second in giving us acting choices in this without it being over the top. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, Alice and Janney energy, like, in mm-hmm. another world. Like, <clears throat> the fact that she says, like, Val, sh- Val says he's like the doctor on TV, only better looking. Right. Or right. just, like, talking about uh, the cheese. She's like, this is a really great cheese. I think it's a kind of Spanish manchego. Has a little Olay in it. <laughs> I mean, that killed me. Like, Roz with the cheese at the seminar. I mean, I had forgotten that Caroline Aaron was in this. So when Roz and Doris show up at the seminar... 
she's trying to steal the cheese, trying to eat the cheese. It's not stealing because it's free. Yes. Um, and then Val pops out. You know, come on, I got us primo seats. I was like, oh yes. What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Like, this is everything I love is these women and this kind of acting. And they're New Yorkers. I love this. Yeah, it was everything that I needed. And it's such a trope. I can't even count how many movies I've seen or TV shows where like, but also these, the type of people that I want to hang out with are the people that eat snacks before it's snack time. Mm -hmm. And then they get gently scolded by someone who says uh ladies actually the snacks are for after yeah it's always uh ladies it's always yeah. that it's yeah, always it's, that it's like actually ladies, so. <laughs> uh she is um and i love how she sleeps she falls asleep through the presentation even uh, though it was her idea to go probably yeah. maybe her and val both are like on the same train i love that and i love like the sort of face journey well val in that scene of like Oh, Doris, I'm so sorry about your mother. Did you get the edible arrangement that I said? Yeah. Like, the nuance of edible arrangements will always make me laugh. Oh, and just confirming that it was there. Like, yeah. that that's the best part. Right, oh, God, right. I loved it Have so you much. ever had an edible arrangement? Uh, yes. I, I don't think I've ever been sent one. I've always, like, participated in eating one. I don't yes. require one. For one, for some reason or another, my sister-in-law, like, the biggest thing in her life was, like, She's never got an edible arrangement ever. And she like my brother finally did get her one like for their like first year anniversary or like her birthday or something. And she died. It was the be all end all. It was Mm -hmm. like it had a moment. My favorite. Have you had one? First of all, before I go into it. I I like the way you put it. I've never been sent one, but I have participated in the eating. (laughs) And all I can think about is like the the god awful experience of biting into the chocolate covered pineapple flour. (laughs) And like this, this is not right. This yeah, is- it's like wet and shocked. I am not a big pro- like a supporter of chocolate covered any sort of chocolate covered fruit. And I know it's crazy. Everyone out there who's like, oh, but chocolate covered strawberries, chocolate covered cherries, they're fine. I like mm-hmm. them separate, like separate but equal. Sure. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Right. I I love them both individually, but I just can't. I'm never going to get on board with that. Although my only exception is a chocolate covered banana, which uh, edible arrangements can do. Um, Yeah. Now is that, is is it a half dip with nuts or is it just a whole chocolate? Yeah. (laughs) From what I remember, I was in a show one time and I think her husband sent her an edible arrangement for like opening night. But like, I think he sent like a small bouquet, but then he sent a little, like a separate box only of like, they're almost like banana nibs. They have like, okay. it's just like a quarter of the banana covered in chocolate and they're like cut on a diagonal or something. And mm-hmm. was there peanut butter in it? In my mind? Yes, but it maybe not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that I'm on board with. But wow. What a, yeah, I don't need. Yeah. What an yeah. interesting exception to the no chocolate and fruit rule. I know. Well. Yeah. Bananas all the way. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, edible arrangements. It's a it is a thing. It is a I feel like I mean, I feel like they're they're wilting away all across this great nation. But the concept of it, the people who send edible arrangements, like it is such a thing that tells me everything I need to know. And it's oh, not yeah. even a judgment because I love someone who sends an edible arrangement. I love Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah. totally fine. Um I don't know. I just picture like half ripe cantaloupe, you know, what I mean? oh. or honeydew. I think half ripe honeydew is even worse. It's just white. 
Oh, it's just yeah, like a daisy made out of a cantaloupe leaves and a and a honeydew uh, yeah. center. It's like no one ever wants the cantaloupe or the honeydew in the fruit yeah. salad, the edible arrangement. No one wants it. I just, I will say though, I will stick up for honeydew and um, <laughs> like when they're ripe, when they are yeah. ripe, like yeah. it is exceptionally good. But. Nine times out, it's, it's always the fruit. When you buy something, the cantaloupe and the honeydew specifically are never going to be ripe in any sort of store-bought fruit mm-hmm. salad thing, which is a shame because yeah. it's really great. I mean, yeah, when it when it's right, it's right. But I yeah. always think of cantaloupe and honeydew is kind of like the cinnamon and powdered sugar-covered munchkins in the, in the yeah. munchkins box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're going to eat them, but you're not going to like it. Yeah. You know? And it's going to be what chocolate left glazed the is the best one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate glazed, glazed. I'll leave. I'll, I'm, I'll fuck with a jelly, you know? Yeah. I used to blueberry. Oh, blueberry. Mm-hmm. A blueberry cake situation. Absolutely. But uh, gl- I mean, I'll just I'll just house a, a box of glazed. Oh, my God. Uh, l- last week I went to Dunkin Donuts um, and I got. Um, some all chocolate donut holes. And that's all I said. And I thought they were going to be chocolate glaze, but they were all chocolate cake. There was no glaze on it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? I I didn't know that I had to specify. I didn't even know that that was like, it was like the glazed donut before the glaze. I didn't even know that that was a possibility. Yeah. Like I I didn't know anyone wanted that. Yeah. 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 Like a cake donut. Woof. I'll eat it though. I will eat it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still yeah. a donut, for God's sake. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Donut queen. Um, yeah. Donut queen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because even when it's bad, it's still a donut. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, you know, to, I, I could talk about donuts and edible arrangements all day. Yeah. Let it be known. Like, I, <laughs> I, this is why I identify with women like Val and Roz, because, like, I could just sit there and talk about edible arrangements all night. Yes. But we eventually get, I feel like, to me, I feel like is kind of a, a great set piece scene for Roz when uh, Doris is at uh, Roz's house and is talking to Vivian about John. And, you know, it's when we meet Vivian, who, have, do you know the actress Chloe Grace Moretz? Yeah, of She course. was on 30 Rock, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love her as an actress. She kind of always does the same thing for me. And I feel like this actress, Isabel, Isabella or Isabel Akers. Mm, I'll um, that up as you talk, yeah. She was like a, a better, ver- like I was, I oh Isabel Acres yeah I expected her to be more of a Chloe Grace Moretz but she was like swimming into Florence Pugh territory for me she was giving me nuance you know yeah a good kid as um the old grandmas would probably say she's a good kid Roz and I mm-hmm. I'm so interested in the story because we don't meet um her parents we just know that she lives with Roz or is she visiting Roz like I I don't know the story there. It sounds like her mom has been in and out of jail. And oh, so, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and as Roz says, well, she stole a car. Yeah, but it was a hybrid. Oh, which God. Is, that line. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, like, and they have such a weird relationship that I, I appreciate the kind of generational comment where Vivian A has an older lady named Vivian. How many young girls do you know named Vivian? Yeah. I, I'd appreciate more. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. But I love that Vivian does also kind of feel, as much as she feels like a teenager in the room, there is a sort of contemporary energy of like calling her grandmother Roz and like yes. talking back. And like there's, uh, she she's a real active participant in the story. And I yes. really enjoyed that. Yeah, I liked her a lot. I really did. She's not a bratty teenager. She's 
she's just a good kid. She's just yeah. like, she, even though she sort of, you know, spars a little bit with Roz every once in a while, it's never like just annoying teenager energy, which I appreciate too, because yeah. it can easily go there. Right, right. It's not just petulant. Like there is, like there is something informed about her. And uh, I think one of those moments where there's like a hint of absurdity, like a Michael Showalter absurdity is when she's talking about her boyfriend and she's telling Doris how her boyfriend <clears throat> is playing the gentleman caller in uh, the glass menagerie. And then Doris asks, Oh, and who do you play? Oh, I work the lighting board. And they hold that shot for a second. And I was like, Oh, genius. Yes. Genius delivery, genius direction, great writing, unexpected, told uh-huh. me so much about Vivian, you know? Yeah. And even the fact that she like at one point, was hanging out with her boyfriend, but still took the call to talk to, um, was she talking to, was that the same? Was she, That's I when guess, Doris. Yeah, when Doris called to talk about Baller, I guess. Baller, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my God. I mean, uh, I, this, it just makes me want to talk about Roz and Val trying to get Vivian's attention. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, so, I mean, we'll we'll get to that scene in a sec, because that I could that's, queen out yeah, about that moment all day. That's an in-the-details episode, yeah. Oh, <laughs> 110%. But I, one of the things I love about this, this scene with Roz and Vivian and Doris is, you know, Doris is, I mean, we're kind of getting, you know, the sense of Roz talking about Thanksgiving, and she she's talked about it a hundred times of what she's going to make. Uh. And... And then that part where she goes to talk to Doris, like she's, you know, concerned about Doris and she looks at her picture, the picture of her ex-husband or dead husband, excuse me, Mm. on the wall. Melvin. I think his name is Melvin. And she can't even, like her voice breaks. You know, she, oh, Melvin. And Melvin, and Melvin, like, and she has to like start a few times. I replayed that like 10 times. Yeah, she went in quick and hard and, I don't know how many takes she took to do that, but I, yeah, it's so quick that like, I don't, it's, and it's probably just because, I mean, grant, granted my grandfather, he died last year. Uh, and like, but like that sudden wa- like wave of grief that sometimes will still hit you mm-hmm. unexpectedly too, because it doesn't care. Grief does what it wants that like oh, yeah. sometimes it depends on maybe on another day she might not have cried, but I like that they chose Again, it tells you everything they need to know about. I would have yeah. loved to have met Melvin. I'm sure he was like, mm-hmm. I, I picture just like, um, I don't know, like Joanne and company and like having just like a sort of passive husband, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That just kind of, but also like can spar with her if he needs to at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I imagine that when Melvin was alive, like Roz still wore the pants in the house. Oh, yeah. But, you know, but at the end of the day, like, Melvin was still her rock. You yeah. Know? And and it's such a, like, I just, I totally recognize, I recognize this, like, older woman from Staten Island, you know, still think, still loving her her dead husband, Melvin. Yes. But that line of, like, you know, Melvin and I, we just, we loved improvisational jazz. You yes. know, like, she, like, that's one of those, like, absurd lines that she, that they just sell in this movie as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's such a good, I love their friendship. I feel like. That's really what drew me in about this movie the most is that Roz, even though it has those classic turns in a romantic comedy of like, oh, you're just jealous and like all of that, um, that happens with the main character and the supportive friend. Roz is such a good friend. Yes. And like, she's not perfect. She's got her quirks. She's, you know, uh, a conscientious objector when it comes to voting. Um, But I like at the end of the day, like I feel like 
what's so interesting about her is this is a character who Doris has known for a long time. They've probably had fights before. They probably had fallouts before, but there is always kind of a, it reminds me of Laurie Metcalf and Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird. It's like they can fight and then they can come back to normal very quickly. You know? Yeah. They can come back to center. Uh, I mean, specifically, like, the thanks, the after Thanksgiving aftermath, I guess, too, is just a beautiful mm-hmm. scene. I don't know if you yeah. want to talk about that now, or we can save it till later. Um, we're kind of just well, jumping around with Ross. Yeah, but. we can, because I feel like that is, I mean, that is such a great scene, because basically what happens to kind of chart the Roz story, and then we'll go back and talk about Val and Roz, um, is, you know, Roz is, uh, and we see this with characters in movies like this, where they're kind of watching from the sidelines, it kind of reminds me sometimes of Mickey and the comeback. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shots of him kind of like watching something that Valerie's doing and being like, uh, I'm not sure about this. Yes. And, but like not wanting to step on her toes. Uh-huh. Um, but then eventually it, it becomes a point of conflict when Doris is uh, going to spend Thanksgiving with John and his friends at his orphan Thanksgiving. I can't believe you're doing this. I'm making two kinds of stuffing. That's... I'm making two kinds of stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> And they get into this great fight that is, oh, it's, oh my God. It's magic. It's just, yeah. Um, where uh, Doris, or yeah, Roz has that great line of like, you got packets of duck sauce in your cupboard from the 70s. And, and then Sally's like, it keeps. keeps. <laughs> uh. And and she's like, it just it's that classic moment of like, I'm concerned about you. I'm concerned you're not seeing things for what they are. Mm-hmm. And when a person who is potentially being delusional hears that, they just push back even harder and, like, you know, dig their feet in even more. Um, and they, that moment when then Doris tells her, like, you know, uh, you know, to move on from Melvin, like, he's been dead for 10 years. Move the fuck on. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because the the note from Doris is almost played as, like, a little bit funny. The way she says, move the fuck on. Yes. But there's like a genuine pain on Roz's face that I thought was like, that's that's how you play the scene right is to not invalidate Roz's feelings. You know? Yes, yes. It like Roz lets that like hit her first because I feel like out of the like in their friendship, like you don't you don't talk about Melvin like that, and like yes. and Doris knows that, mm-hmm. um, and in ways, I wanted Roz to say something just as hurtful to doris but mm-hmm. i'm glad that she didn't and i'm glad yeah. that like because also Roz has had 15 years to like think about if had anyone ever came from melvin like what what she would do and maybe on the day it could have been worse but i love that she just <clears throat> yelled back at her about duck sauce and that was the, yeah that was that's yeah because i think yeah. in some ways she knows that doris can't handle it if, if Roz was to like really let her have it <laughs> yeah i mean because i think when you think of the two of them like Roz obviously has had more of a life than Doris has. Like mm-hmm. she's had kids and grandkids and like she she has a more functional life whereas Doris is this, you know, hoarder who has been taking care of her mother all, all her life and has been an eccentric. And so I think it's like Roz knows that she'd be punching down. Yeah. By like really coming like there is a gentleness that she still maintains with Doris that she's probably recognized their entire friendship. Mm-hmm. And it takes the bigger woman to not, you know, take advantage of that, you know? Yeah, I really like that it was a funny but still effective fight. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't really think of another example like that because it, it, it also just has to do with the tone of the movie and also the script, too. But I, I like that 
it wasn't just a big, you know, August Osage County blowout and that it was mm-hmm. just, it was, it was met with a little bit of humor and, uh, still, but they were still mad at each other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But then like the real, you know, points of contention and kind of how, you know, they're going to work through this is like, you know, yelling at each other about stealing the cheese at these conferences. Yes. And Ross saying it's not stealing. It's free. The cheese is free. Yes. Um, and I, I feel like, um, yeah, then we have kind of the, the overlapping or kind of moving back and forth between both Thanksgivings and, you know, I love that Val is there. Oh. I, I, I'm so happy. You know, you know what I love about Val as well is that Val is not just like, well, Doris can't be here, so I'm going to have to deal. I'm going to invite Val because I need somebody. They're still real friends. Yes. Like Val and Roz still have a real friendship. Yeah. Um, Val was on the guest list, I think. Val yeah. was always on the guest list. And I like that Val is not made. I think that's what's really smart about this movie is that featuring three older women, even one of them who is somewhat eccentric, like they're not made to be fools. Like they are smart people. They do have wi- earned wisdom. They do have like senses of humor. Mm-hmm. And like even if they are kind of ridiculous with, you know, believing in communism or sending the edible arrangement, like – there's moments of real humanity, like Val laughing at Vivian's story about her teacher and like, I just Ugh. like little notes like that, that I just, uh, are not missed. They're yeah. Not missed, they they do know? not go unseen. I, and I think that like, you know, Val getting ready for Thanksgiving that day, she's like, I know that Roz is going to bitch about Doris not being there probably the whole mm-hmm. time, like in the kitchen washing in. And like the uh-huh. way that uh, Val listens to Roz and just washes. I mean, we love a good dishwashing scene. Um, oh, absolutely. But this is a dish drying scene uh, of mm-hmm. sorts. And she just lets Roz vent. And she just mm-hmm. does that, like, she's kind of on autopilot. It's like the advice that I would give. It's like, well, you just got to let her do your thing. But it's also like, she'll, like, like Ra, Val knows that this is all going to come to an end. And, like, I think so, in some way that Roz does too. But, like, she just kind of let her, she just lets her do her thing. And, like, Val, like, drops an octave too. You know what I mean? She has, like, speaking yeah. of that husky smoker's voice, like, she's, oh. she's pretty good. She's pretty, like, top three, I think, for me. Um, I agree. She's like, well, you just got to let her do her thing. You know, it's her life. Uh, I loved that scene. And then there's that pause, and she goes, she's just a kid. And then they both laugh. And it's the two of them laughing. The fact that they ended the note, the scene on the two of them laughing yes, that I yes, just thought was yes. so good, um, which I think can bring us back to what we've been calling the bridge and bicker moment. Yes. Uh, which really, it, it, so that happens earlier in the movie, um, where it's just it really establishes that Roz and Val are real friends, and Val's come over. I I don't know if that's bridge. It's some kind of card game. Yeah, I don't you know gotta... what card game you knock with, like pinochle or something. I don't know. Right, right. You knock and then draw a card. But that scene felt so improvised Ugh. because it was just like there's. I love when they kind of laugh through their lines. She's like, "Sorry, I'm learning. Hold on, I'm learning." Like I just, it's again that scene is so funny because. They, so they're playing this card game, and Val's trying to learn it, and Tyne Daly's like, you know, uh, Roz is, you know, uh, being that kind of like funny and patient with her, yes. and then Doris calls to talk to Vivian, and I that moment of like 
Roz like yelling, Vivian, pick up the phone. Yes. And then Val saying, oh, oh, hold on, I'll, I'll get her. And then there's a there's a small note of Roz being like, no, 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 don't get up. And then they both yell out, Vivian. And then they laugh about yes. it. It's the fact that they laugh about these moments oh. together. Oh, it is it's, so good. And I mean, really, for me, this is a lot. It's, it's just equal parts. But I love that Caroline Aaron, Caroline Aaron, yeah. Caroline Aaron. Yeah. I thought I'm, mm-hmm. there's so many names flying around now that I'm getting really confused between Roz and Val. Okay. I'm, know, I'm getting it I straight know. now. Okay. But um, uh, she, she says, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to draw a card. Give me, give me, give me a break on this one. Okay. She's like, <laughs> and then she like almost like grabs her hand and she's like, just, just wait. She just like <laughs> starts laughing. She's like, forget the rules. And then finally Roz is like, okay, well, can you knock? Can you knock? For, it's, it is so perfect. It is exactly, yeah, when, yeah, go. I was thinking when the phone rings and Roz like quickly knocks and then answers the phone, like Roz maintains the rules yes. even when the phone rings. Yeah. Because it's like the frustration of teaching someone a card game and like you're trying to be patient and like, ugh, I just, I could, I, I texted you like after, like yesterday, I could have watched that for like 35 more minutes. I just yeah. needed more of that. Oh, yeah. I could see a whole play. I mean, I know there's that play like the gin game or whatever, sure. but which, you know, always features old actors. But I would want to see a play that's just two older women having a, a, a night at home, playing card games, drinking wine, reminiscing. I'm sure it gets deep at some point yes. towards, you know, the end of the end of the play. Um, but like with actors like this, where it's just all about the nuances, it's all about the way they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. And Oh yeah, it's fascinating. I love these scenes. I had forgotten that they were in this movie. Same, like, who, same. Who, who, who? What did I do I to deserve this? <laughs> it, it it reminds me. It gives me very much um, like Miss Weezer and Miss Clary energy, like Olympia Dukakis mm-hmm. and Shirley MacLaine. But I don't know who's who. I feel like they're both a little bit Weezer in that situation. They're they're not mm-hmm. the same characters, but they have. Um. A closeness there, and maybe not even as 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 close as Weezer and Clary, but it just gives me that energy, and I'm I always welcome that in any movie. Yeah, I know. I hear I hear what you mean because I could see like Val being more of the Clary yeah. and Roz being more of the Weezer. That's what I would probably like, say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes like Roz is Roz is the Clary to Doris's, you know. Well, Doris is kind of her own character, yeah, but her she own is. her own crazy. She's Weezer like energy, Anel. You know? She's like Anel yes. with the contacts. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like in the makeover yeah. where she goes back like twenty years and gets rid of the yeah. glasses. Jezebel. Yeah, that's what uh, Dolly Parton calls her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's so good. And then yeah, we have uh, the Thanksgiving scenes with them, which I just I really enjoyed. Just the passive aggressive prayers. The passive aggressive prayers. There's some really subtle nuances of Roz getting progressively more drunk throughout the night. There's just like this look on her face that I thought was just like great nuanced acting. But like, I mean, Val is like the the shining light of those scenes. Like she's just I I just loved it. Um, And then, yeah, we that kind of brings us to this post Thanksgiving scene Mm -hmm. between Roz and Doris where things go awry at Thanksgiving. Doris you know, declares her love for John and is, you know, sorely mistaken. And, you know, there is no scene of her having to ask Roz to forgive her. 
the next, you know, she comes home, she takes her makeup off, but then the next scene is the door opening and Roz saying, I came as soon as I could. She's got an armful of food. There is no need for an apology. There's no need for an explanation. She's like, come on, have you eaten? Come on, come on in. Like, it was like quintessential good friend moments, you know? I, it was like a warm hug. I'll put on a pot of coffee. Come on, let's go. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to curl up with them on the couch and just, I don't know. Tell them about my I know. problems. I'm like, well, quarantine's totally. really like, hard, and I don't really know. <laughs> like all my yeah, I need first Roz to reassure yeah. me. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's another example of like Roz knows that Doris is more of a sensitive, you know, soul and and a little more fragile, and and she she knows that and she recognizes that and like doesn't doesn't say I told you. I was so, just gonna say you know? I love that there's a not there isn't an I told you so moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, hey, you know, love makes us do crazy things, and, and then she makes that dumb observation of like, at least you didn't lose your ear like that, uh, like that painter, Van Gogh, know? Vincent Van Gogh, yeah. <laughs> and then they laugh, and then it's just, I mean, she's because I feel like this is the plight of like elderly women that really like tugs at my heartstrings. It reminds me of mm-hmm. like. Um, uh, Requiem for a Dream with like the like the monologue that she does in that kitchen mm-hmm. and she's just like I don't have anything to look forward to you know like I do the mm. dishes but I don't need to do the dishes I make my bed I'm, I'm fumbling with it too it is like a really really sad I think of my grandmother like my grandfather passed away last year and it's just like mm. she lives next to my parents which is great so there yeah. she's yeah. never like fully alone too but I feel like it would be a whole different story if she did not and it's just like they just want company. They just want, uh, you know, but but also something to look forward to. I mean, there are weeks like during quarantine and like Keon and I have uh, we're taking August 1st through the 9th off. Mm. We didn't we didn't plan ahead, which is our fault. We didn't like book anything, but we also didn't really want to because of like, I don't know what like what an Airbnb that you trust to be clean, all that good stuff. But like so we're sure. just kind of winging it and like we're looking forward to it but it's it's different so it's just like but even besides that it's like there are some weeks where like i have like a long week ahead of me and i don't have anything to look forward to like so Mm -hmm. to speak it sounds very grim but of course i have a great life and like i have things to look forward to but you just want some sort of magic and especially with a relationship like a new relationship that's like yeah it's, uh, it's like a drug yeah, it's. I think that having something to look forward to. I mean, it's such an interesting observation now in quarantine mm-hmm. because so many things that we could. It when we th- I think when we think of things to look forward to, maybe as younger people, we think of you know vacations or we think of you know shows we want to go see or experiences we want to have um, that just like aren't possible now. And I think it's an it's an interesting kind of empathy for that feeling of like. You know, I, I don't have anything exciting to look forward to for people who are older and maybe feel like. Those those opportunities to you know have the big adventure or to you know go do things or to meet new people just isn't there anymore, and I feel like you know Roz I think probably knows in some ways that there's some element of that of that that's true, and I think the genius of the writing and the performance of Tyne Daly and that you know sure you've got things to look forward to you've got two kinds of stuffing. Got real cranberry sauce, you know, enough turkey to feed New Jersey. And I, my little heart broke when Doris just turns and pulls her arm over and says, Oh my Roz. Uh, Put that on a tote bag. Yeah. Oh my Roz. I mean, that is so beautiful. And I think, like, 
a such a great example of female friendship in a movie and of older women's female friendship in a movie. Like, uh, I, I just think that that is, it was such a, for a movie that has moments of absurdity, there was such heart in that moment mm. and, uh, and forgiveness and like, just, I think it was exactly what Doris needed in that moment. Like Roz could have given her a whole speech, yeah, but instead it was like, you know, let me just shake you out of this for a second. You got two kinds of stuff. Yeah. Like she's got a smile uh, on her face while she's saying it. She knows she's making a joke. I just love that. It's such a good uh, perspective, I guess, to have. It's like, just mm-hmm. concentrate on what's in front of you right now. Let's just take yeah. it, like, take a one minute at a time here. We'll make uh, There's yeah. a pot of coffee on. I'm here. We'll get some wine. It's Right. It's going to be fine. Yeah. And, and I love like Doris saying like, oh, I, I can't believe it. I missed our Thanksgiving tradition. And, and it's so interesting, that note, right? Because Roz was so upset about that earlier in the movie. And now she's like, what do you mean? You're having it now. It's fine. Oh. Like, Roz just lets it go. I, that, is, that is a good fucking friend. Yes. Ugh. I love her so much. I love, I love her. <laughs> this movie. I love her. I do. I, I do. love her. I And I love that Val and Roz both help her clean out the house. Oh, you know, in that whole montage. I love a good, like... I love a good montage, but I love a cleaning montage. Ooh, it oh. makes me part of what Keon and I might do on our vacation. Not the entire house, but like is just go through our clothes, and like mm. it's been on our it's been on our list, our list uh, for list. like years. Uh, so it's this kind of it's yeah, it's like are you taking time off this year? Or like, are you gonna take a vacation? It's such an interesting I... sort of. Yeah, well, it's funny because I had taken a little vacation right before I got sick. I yeah. went to Florida and and. I had planned on taking it uh, to going to Europe this summer, and mm-hmm. uh, that obviously is just not possible at all. Yeah. And I keep thinking, like, oh, I would love to take some time off, but like, what would I do with it? And it's, um, it is, it is funny. It makes me think about like, oh, that must be the feeling of like retiring and being like, well, now what the fuck do I do with my life? Yeah, you know? infinite possibility, but also it's like everything has changed and nothing has changed all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, there are worse things, of course. It's just of like, course. it's just an interesting thing. It's like, this is our, I told Keon because he was having a moment and I was like, look, it's, it's my first staycation too. I've never taken one. It's like, but let's just make a little list of mm-hmm. things that we like, that, that we like to do. We're going to go to the yeah. strip district. We're going to go to Pamela's, get some pancakes. <gasps> oh, we'll yes. We'll order them to go if we have to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can still take a walk we can take bike rides we can go downtown and do stuff it's like there's there's still things to do it's just like it's not going to the beach it's not going to europe it's it's going it's mm-hmm. going to be fine and we'll have a good yeah. time i mean i can certainly attest to eating mcdonald's in the car being <laughs> a highlight of my trip to pittsburgh so like you we'll, know i know we'll get a snack wrap we'll get a diet coke and a small fry oh yeah yeah that's what i, I would mean, bring to you if you were ha- like that's that's what i would have brought to you yesterday if i was living in new york i was like you know it's time <laughs> it's time yeah you got things to look forward to you got a crunchy snack wrap Ugh. right here you got a small fry yeah <laughs> it's the little things honestly yeah it is it is some it's great i mean that was i think that's what i love about this movie is is those those little notes because i do hear what you're saying i think maybe what i what i didn't love about the movie the first time was that i didn't fully attach to the central love story that was happening or the central kind of you know doris and john story like it always did feel somewhat off and I couldn't figure out why. Mm-hmm. And um, I do love the ending of the movie. I do yes. love the sort of ambiguous note yes. of, you know, him running after her, but the door closing, you know, and 
I kind of hope that like Doris is like, no, no, I don't think this makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, or just John has to really, you know, chase after her instead of her chasing after him. Yes. But I, I think what really drew me in was, yeah, like these little things like Roz and Doris and somehow I forgot Val. But on second watch... Oh, yeah. How could we ever forget Val? I mean... The gift of Val. I mean, ugh. It's... Yeah. It's so great. Um, I, I want to mention a couple Sally Field moments. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that I always laugh out loud with, and I think that uh, this was also in the trailer, is when she talks about staples. When she's talking... Oh, yeah. It's such a... <laughs> So Brooklyn is her name. It's uh, Mm -hmm. John's girlfriend. It's like that's these are the things where like I think that was the most like maybe absurd is the word, but just like this really probably wouldn't happen because it's at Mm -hmm. the point where like there's a crescendo of Doris really latching onto John and like so much so that she follows him and his new girlfriend to some random store and she's standing outside of it. And you could tell he's genuinely like, what are you doing? doing here sort of moment mm-hmm. but then it's quickly washed away actually doris since you're here let's go let's all go have a drink let's do that it's i don't it adds of course dramatic tension for sure like i'm glad that it happens but i i i don't know i'm just being a crank about it but i i just don't see why that would happen anyway so they go and have a, a drink and john goes to the bathroom and she's talking about like a knitting circle she joined mm-hmm. like an LGBT uh, knitting circle, which is cute. It's and she's like, I just feel like myself. I, I can be me there, which is like such a white girl thing to say. But right. fine, you know, I'm glad right. that she does. Yeah. And then Sally Field just leans in. She's like, Brooklyn, you know, I feel that way in Staples. I love office <laughs> supplies. I just wander up and down the aisles. You know, like ugh, I just. <laughs> uh. And I feel and that way in Staples. I totally. love Staples. And I just, I don't know why I love it, but like, I love paper supplies. I love the, like the, the possibility of like what I could do and like my mm-hmm. desk. And it's never as exciting oh, yeah. once you put it on your desk. Like you put it there and you're like, ooh, and then it just like, it's the same desk and you, right. you're like, Ugh. This is going to make me a certain type of organized person. Yeah, but it's a like, new, yeah, well. yeah, a new pack of sticky notes. I tell you, that's something to look forward to. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, that's two kinds of stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love that line a lot. Um, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Now that we're talking about it, it does make me think about how the the John and Doris story has the most, like, notes that you're like, huh, that's sort of such an absurdist moment. Like, why isn't he reacting in a more, like, expected way? Why is he not picking up on this? Whereas, like, there's so much more truth to these side characters and to, like, like I think when... Doris gets drunk and she writes the puts the post on John's Facebook wall. Yeah. And then that starts the the fight and the breakup between Brooklyn and John. Like it it feels like such a sort of sort of like such a strange, like, oh, like I'm not totally buying this, but the movie is just telling me, you know, just go along with it. Yeah. You know, I think that's a big thing about this movie. There's moments where it says, No, just go along with it. Just go along with yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's kind of what it and I normally I wouldn't I don't know why I couldn't just go along with it at certain parts. I, I don't know if just because like, it's like now as like a podcaster watching anything, I'm always looking at it with like a critical sort of eye and also like mm-hmm. what, what else is going on here and, um, and what works and what doesn't. And, but I'm not going to like, I'm not a writer. I don't know how I could have made this better or how I would have directed Sally Field differently also. But um, 
Yeah, I think it is. I think it's just going with it. But here's my question, Colin. It's like, would I be thinking about this movie differently if Sally Field was nominated for a Golden Globe or like an Academy Award for this? Like, would that have given me the sort of like, oh, she's so great. Would I be thinking about it so differently? Or the fact Mm. that it got looked over or why did it get looked over? I'm so curious yeah, I that. feel like it was just like one of those movies that was too small and too niche to get kind of onto people's radars, even though it was Sally Field. Um, I, it's a good question. It's a really good question in general. Mm-hmm. Is like when we watch certain performances and we know they're nominated for something, it's like we we tend to watch it differently from the lens of like, okay, well, this is – it's kind of like, you know, there a perfect example would be from uh, – all-Stars 5, is Shea Coulee's final runway look. I had to be told the references so that I'd be like, oh, okay, so I guess it does look good. Yeah. Because my, my initial reaction was like, oh, this this looks like a lot of fabric. And like, I know Amanda <laughs> hated the look too. I so know, I know yeah. I'm not alone here. Yeah. Um, and I didn't hate it. I mean, I I just, I was like, I I did not gasp the way I gasped when Juju Oh, came yes. Out. You know, I was Agreed. more like, oh, Okay, well, that's a that's a lot of dress, but then it's like, oh, it's Balenciaga, oh, it's the '60s reference, so it's like, okay, I guess. Yeah, but those I, straps, I like, those straps in the front, Colin, unforgivable. I, I mean, yeah, one of them yeah, thinner than the other. <laughs> the nuances matter. It yeah. does. So you know, I kind of feel like that is the same approach to performances that get nominated. Um, yeah, like I think, and I'm I'm sort of just like obsessed with this ever since. But when we did. Uh, I guess it was Cactus Flower and one of the fellow nominated performances, or maybe it was the Diary of Anne Frank, but it was the the fellow nominated performance by Hermione Badley in Room at the Top. Oh, yeah. And it's like the shortest nominated performance ever. And like to see it, you would never think this role was nominated for an Oscar because it's just so small. Yeah. But like knowing that she got nominated for Best Supporting Actress, I'm obsessed with it now because I'm like, Oh my God, she's in two scenes, mm-hmm. two and a half scenes. That's crazy. And so I watch it with a different critical eye to understand why that got recognized. And so I think you bring up a valid point. If if Sally Field get nominated for a Golden Globe for this, would it automatically be validated in some way? Yeah, and maybe that's what I'm, I was searching for because why not? You know, why would, like, at least a Golden Globe? She's a two-time Oscar winner, for God's sakes. And, like, mm-hmm. and she commits, and it's a good performance. It's like we have seen, ugh, you know, Cami Diaz getting nominated for uh, Gangs ugh, of New York. Gangs of New York. Yeah, and, like, mm-hmm. other performances where they just want... I feel like there was, like, a Brad Pitt or, like, Angelina Jolie sort of movie that was nominated. Or Johnny Depp. It's, like, those sort of, like, Golden Globe nominees were, like, well, we want them to walk the red carpet. So give give it, give it them a nomination. We need mm-hmm. to beef up the A-list uh, guest yeah. list here. So um, just give them a nom. I it, it makes me crazy that she wasn't nominated for that. And mm-hmm. very little, really, for anything. Maybe a Critics' Choice. I, I didn't actually look... She got nominated for like some smaller awards, okay. you know, uh, not not one of the main uh, awards that we yeah, talk about. Yeah, it's just interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I always think about like the nominations, the acting nominations for Titanic. You know? Oh, I yeah. Feel like Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Winslet, Gloria Stewart, like all get nominated. I'm like, all right. I think they were just nominated because it was the biggest movie of the year. But like none of these... Even Kate Winslet, like none of them were like, oh my God, like these, this is an Oscar worthy performance. Yeah, it's yeah, more yeah. of like, this is the biggest movie of the year. So de facto, they're going to get nominated. Yeah. It could have just been, 
I don't know, the prestige of Michael Showalter or maybe the lack of, I guess, like, is he a part of that, like, the cool kids table or is he just I think like, he's, yeah, go ahead. I think he's the weird kids table. Yeah, yeah. which I like the weird kids table and I, I, I like, I, I love Wet Hot, that, that would be a good episode, especially since it's summer, actually. Maybe I was going to say, that. BSAs of Wet Hot American Summer, Ooh. I mean, there's some great ladies. In yeah, all right, sold. Yeah, and Christopher Maloney humping a refrigerator. Oh my, Chris, that yeah. man, that that man. man, yeah, that man. I feel like I'm looking at a picture of him on the wall, like Melvin. Yeah, I'm like Christopher Ross Matthews. Christopher he's so big. He's so big. <laughs> I was so yeah. sad you didn't mention that on All Right, Mary. Oh, I, I thought know, you would have, but that's okay. I know. I I when I saw it in the episode, I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to talk about this. This is an ant moment. Your favorite and drunk ant, Ross Matthews. Yeah. I know, I know. Um, that's right. We got a, I don't know, an email from someone who was like disappointed that we didn't talk about Miss Cracker enough. And I was like, well, if she was better, then I would. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you didn't love the, because I, I thought she won that last lip sync. <laughs> I know. And you guys hated her. I love this. Hated I it. Oh, it. yeah. It's proof that you guys don't listen to All Right, Mary first. <laughs> I know. There we go. Or at least I don't. Yeah, yeah. No. But there were to- I was there were totally moments in that last episode. Where I was like, "Oh my god, it's so funny." We have the exact same like, yes. like uh, reactions and points of view to some of these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so anyway, uh, any other thoughts on "Hello, My Name Is Doris"? No, I think it's. I wish I was going to suggest to everyone that they go watch it, if not just for mm-hmm. Tyne Daly and um, Caroline Aaron. But it's not readily available, unfortunately. You will. Ha- I had to rent it, unless you found it somewhere on a platform that we could let our listeners no. know. Okay. I had to rent it, and then I wanted to rewatch it before we recorded at my 48-hour rental window, cl- window closed. Yeah, it's sad. So I just I just bought it, because I might do it in the details about oh, like. Good some of the caroline aaron stuff yes yeah uh, it's it's yeah. great so I, I i it's well worth it for for these women who are and like i in general too like i i feel bad i'll probably feel guilty after we record that i i feel like i'm not coming down hard on sally field but like i don't want to ever not i always want to support films with older women and with like mm-hmm. uh, these kinds of stories these are the kinds of stories that i want to be seeing so i I don't know. I'm sorting out my my feelings about it because I still yeah. really like it a lot, but I don't love it. So, uh, well, that's okay. You're allowed to. Yeah, I feel okay yeah. about it for now. Yeah, and then I'll be like, that's why? Fair. Sally does. I'll why? listen to her audiobook and be like, oh, oh. I'm such a dickhead. Right. Uh, oh, that's, that's all fine. right. Um. Well, you know. Well, you've succeeded. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we all this talk of awards, uh. and we are in. A favorite season. We are in awards. Awards, season, yes, if you will. Uh, we the Emmy nominations have been announced, mm. and uh, we would be remiss if we did not just at least talk about yes, them. Yes, yes. I I feel like having already looked through the list, there's so many of these I haven't seen. Yeah, and I'm feeling like, hmm, before the Emmys actually happen, it'd be fun to kind of like do the homework, kind of come back and be like, okay, here's my thought. Here's yeah. here's why I think this should win or not. I'm I'm mainly thinking of Gene Smart in Watchmen. Same. And I watched the pilot of Watchmen and it's really violent and I'm just a wuss about it. Keon and I both watched it and it's like that stressful kind of violence. Like yes. at any moment they could be like having dinner and then like a you know machine gun opens fire. It's it's just a lot, but I know that the ladies are killing it. Regina King and Jean Smarts. 
So let me know. know. Let me know. That's been what's holding me back as well, is I don't want to watch violence. Um, it's kind of like that Amazon show Hunters with Al Pacino, mm. uh, where I really want to watch it partially because uh, Celia Weston is in it. Uh. And, I mean, th- that's important. That I mean, is reason alone, very important. But so violent. The first episode, like, within the first ten minutes, eight people are killed. No. And it's violent. In one scene, like, five people are just like, boom, 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 killed. Ugh. And it just, it was too much for me. And I was like, I will not be put through this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I might have to fast forward for the for the Celia. But, uh, <laughs> indeed, I mean... I, I feel like Watchmen I want to push through because of Regina King mm-hmm. and obviously because of Ms. Jean uh, Smart, yes. who I've heard is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some of these nominees, Ooh, shall let's. we? Um, how do we do this here? I mean, I, I'll say like initially what I was most excited for was Shit's Creek. I feel like that's a good entry point for us to kind uh-huh. of 15 nominations. Ugh, beautiful. Yeah. So great. I really feel like this could be Catherine O'Hara's year. Oh, I hope so. Uh, you said that the other day, and I I want it so desperately. Yeah. So she is up against uh, Issa Rae and in Insecure, who's great. I've seen like the first two seasons of Insecure, mm-hmm. and she's great. So I feel like she's the biggest competition. That being said, I have not seen Dead to Me, and I know the praise that has been heaped on Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. I think, did you tell me about Dead to Me? Yeah, it's it's. Oh, you would love Linda Cardellini so much. I Christina Applegate is... They're both so good. Yeah. I mean... They're both great. So take your time. And, and I, yeah, I think I started watching the first episode, but I should. I should just dive in. That's something you could blow through really quick okay. before the Emmys. Because they're, they're half hours, which is nice. Okay, then that's going to be my project. Yeah. Just watch Dead to Me. Yeah. Uh, oh, you won't be able to stop. Oh, good. James Marsden. Oh, mm. we love him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, Tracy Ellis Ross, nominated for Blackish. And yes. my favorite, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, uh-huh. With Rachel Brosnahan now, Caroline Aaron is in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She plays she is. Shirley Maisel, she, I guess her grandmother. Is that what it is? Or um, yeah, so she plays like uh, it, basically she plays like Rachel Brosnahan's like mother-in-law. Oh, because, which is great because yeah, yeah. Oh, sure. Um, and she has such mother-in-law energy too. She's fantastic in it. Uh, I just, yes. I mean, I know, like that should be enough reason for me to watch the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I just hated it so much after the first episode or two i just <laughs> that's was, okay uh, i just couldn't um and i'm now i just like enjoy hating on it it's so talk about being a crab <laughs> that's fair that's fair and uh, i mean honestly this might be Catherine's biggest competition is rachel bras the hand because out of all like the gold derby stuff that i've read like those are always the two at the top just because Maisel is such like a it's just so, it's such a big show. It's like backed by Amazon who have, they have so much money. Mm-hmm. I, I've listened to podcasts where like they sent out these like amazing gift baskets to like the voters and it's just oh. like, it's it's like 1950s and it's beautiful and it's pink and colorful and all this stuff too. And it's with the screeners, uh, I can, or it's, I'm worried because it's just, I think I would love uh, for what happened to Fleabag to happen to Shit's Creek right, this year. Right. That's my that's my Emmys. But, you know, I'm preparing for Rachel Brosnahan. Why can't I say? I said Rachel. I think I said well, that twice. The, the, Rachel the N Brosnahan. In Brosnahan yeah, is too much. it's, it's yeah. sneaking up on RuPaul me. RuPaul would hate this name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I think that is her stiffest competition. 
Mm-hmm. Christina Applegate might be a dark horse. Is Rachel Brosnahan uh, really that good? And I mean that genuinely, not passive aggressively. Is she is she yeah. actually that good in the show? I think she's good. I really do. Like, I think she she was bound to win an Emmy. I don't think she needs to like Jim Parsons on this and win every year. Like for Veep with Julia Louis Dreyfus, I was never annoyed by her winning. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, there are probably some other women I could have loved. I would have loved to have seen win. Uh, you know, in that sort of of her reign of Julia Louis Dreyfus. But she's doing great work. I'd say. I mean, this is my problem that we talked about before too. It's like the stand up in Mrs. Maisel isn't the funniest thing about the show. Yeah. And what I'm drawn toward towards most are the supporting characters. Like Marin Hinkle, who plays her mother, is perfect mm-hmm. um you know alex borstein is great but even alex borstein is like the two of them together i was like okay i, I get what you're doing i like it but i need something different now yeah um, that's the feeling whenever i like i obviously saw a couple episodes and i was like okay so you're just like a lesbian in a cabbie hat the whole time is that what this is yeah i mean she has some great lines and she really knows how to say the word fuck really well mm. You know how sometimes it yeah. just sounds good out of other people's mouths? Yeah. Um, so she's, I feel, she won last year. I feel like she won the year before. We'll get to, yeah. maybe that's our transition to Outstanding Supporting Actress in a comedy series, maybe? Well, I, I'm using IMDb's listings. I mean, I can scroll down, but okay. you know, maybe we'll get the, oh, yeah. we'll get the, Whatever le- makes we'll get the lead ladies out of the way, since it's not really our sure. cup of soup. Um, but it's, yeah. it's worth mentioning that Kate Blanchett has been nominated for Mrs. America. Yes, I think she has a very strong chance of winning. Maybe just because I've seen that, and it's a really great performance. Um, I have not seen Little Fires Everywhere, so I haven't. I can't speak for Kerry Washington or Octavia Spencer in Self Made, inspired by the life mm-hmm. of Madam C.J. Walker, or Regina King in Watchmen. Um, but Watchmen, I think I'm going to watch. Wah, wah, wah. Um, yeah, yeah. And waka, then waka. Uh, Shira Haas in Unorthodox. Have you seen that? No, but I've heard. I've oh, heard. That is, it's only four episodes. I think it's like four hour long episodes, but oh, okay. really, really good. And you just like learn so much about like Orthodox Jewish communities. And mm-hmm. it's a, it's a really, really good show. I, I, uh, I was impressed. Um, Great. Worth watching. And it's a, just a very raw performance. And I think, especially compared to these other like prestige actresses, it's like, Regina King, Kate Blanchett, Octavia Spencer have all won Oscars. Kerry Washington, yeah. I believe, has won awards for Scandal or, you know, should at the very least. But, like, yeah. for the four of these prestige actors, for her to be up against them, I, I'm, i like, That's al- awesome. almost wanting to root for her, you know? Yeah. It's, ooh, I, I, I'm interested in this. It's like Reese Witherspoon got shut out. She's in three shows and was, oh, she didn't yeah. get nominated for Big Little Lies. She didn't get nominated for Little Fires Everywhere. And... She didn't get nominated for The Morning Show. That's true. Uh, Jennifer Aniston did instead. Have you seen The Morning Show at all? No, I haven't. And like from what I've heard, like Billy Crudup is the only reason to watch it. And I, I, I guess Jennifer Aniston because she got nominated. But there's some. I don't have Apple TV. Yeah, I don't well, either. So yeah, it's like kind there, of there's a big hurdle to get across. But um, uh, well, that's just know. just to kind of name the other lead actresses in a drama series. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, Jennifer Ooh, Aniston tough. was nominated for The Morning Show, but then Laura Linney for Ozark, uh, mm-hmm. both Jodie Comer and Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, uh, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, and Zendaya for Euphoria. Yeah, which is like the wild card that everyone is talking about, too. Yeah. It's like what, because that could, I mean, it could have been Reese. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Olivia Coleman in The Crown. 
and it's it's a tough performance because she doesn't get the opportunity to like do much because it, she has mm-hmm. to be so poised as the queen. Um, so it's a great performance, but I, unless I missed the episode where she like you know has a royal freak out. Uh, yeah. We don't really get the levels that we get from Olivia Coleman in other roles. Yeah, um, and you when you know that there's what she can. When do, I know what like she a, can yeah. do. Yeah, have we talked about Broadchurch? Have you seen Broadchurch? Uh, yes. Oh Con. God, I thought we, we did had. a whole episode. Did we <laughs> on in the details? Yeah, I was like your guest. Oh, you... I thought. No, wait. No, because I did it. Ep- I thought I did an episode. You did with... an episode with John. I did an episode but, with like, John thought... Broadchurch, but there's something. Something out there that we've talked about, Broadchurch. Maybe it was just. Oh, it's. Um, I mean, the Mandela effect. I is know. Real nowadays, I, know. I, I swear to you that you and I did it. But where would we have done it? I in don't my, know. In my mind, we've we've recorded an episode. But yeah, I mean, I've I live for Broadchurch. Oh. That yeah, oh. it is. It's just yeah. yeah. I I feel like at some point we I know we finally talked about Broadchurch in some capacity, and it's mm-hmm. it's just anyone who's listening who has not seen Broadchurch, oh for God's sake, it's just so good. Do yourself a favor. Yeah. Yes. Um, but as far as who I'm rooting for, an outstanding lead actress in a drama series, I want Sandra Oh to take it. It's like for her Grey's Anatomy work, for not winning it last year, it needs to be Sandra. Yeah. That's who I'm rooting for in that category. I'd be happy to just default that. I love Sandra Oh. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, she needs an Emmy. It's crazy that she doesn't have one. Yeah. Um, and now you've seen Killing Eve, right? Like, or I've... Or Keon's I've watched not, it. actually. Yeah, Keon's watched it. I've sat down like in passing and been like, what's going on here? And like just... Even with like sitting down and watching four minute increments like once every three weeks, you I, I know she deserves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like I happened to catch one like kitchen scene with her crying, and I was like, oh yeah, Ugh. she's giving me everything that I need. Ugh. I always think about Sandra. I was so good at crying. I always think of Grey's Anatomy. Somebody sedate me. Yes, oh, that scene is so great. Um, well, that does uh, lead us to Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series because Fiona Shaw, who we loved from My yes. Left Foot, yes. uh, assistant to the Best Supporting Actress of My Left Foot, was nominated for Killing Eve as well, mm-hmm. um, as well as Helena Bonham Carter for The Crown. And she is pretty great in it. I'm not surprised that she was nominated. Uh, it, it feels like a role that would be nominated. Um, yeah. And then Laura Dern and Meryl Streep for Big Little Lies. So, sorry, Reese. Uh, and uh, Julie, Julia Garner for Ozark. I haven't seen Ozark, but I love Laura Linney, and if Julia Garner is also getting nominated, I feel like, okay, maybe I should watch Ozark, you know? Yeah, Julia Garner won last year, which is crazy, because oh. that was like a big surprise for everyone, and, and no one really knew who she was. I mean, uh, people knew... I, I feel like she's done stuff before Ozark, too, that I just don't know about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so she's she's last year's winner. So that could be like the oh. well, we nominated her last year, and she's still doing good work. Let's and Ozark is big. A lot of people are watching. Ozark, yeah, so maybe I'll it. start watching Ozark. Maybe mm-hmm. that'll be part of my like as we lead up to the Emmys, doing our homework, coming back with feedback of like, okay, so yeah. I've watched Ozark. My, I think she should be. I think she should win again or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. mean, not to deter you from doing that. Keon and I watched the pilot. Also very violent and mm. maybe even more stressful than Breaking Bad. At least that oh, first no. pilot. But I'm a weenie. So like it's, but there's, there's a lot going on in that first episode where it's just like death, 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 death. Oh. So yeah, I know, I know. But I know that the story is good and everyone out there who's probably like, but you should watch it anyway. I know, I know. 
I know. It, so there's that. It's just, If these shows didn't feel the need to be so fucking violent in the first episode, yeah. I'd keep watching. And maybe it, it levels out. Yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. Chime in, everyone. Um, yeah, certainly. Like, give us reasons to get past the violence. I mean, obviously, I could just fast yeah. forward. Um, I don't, sure. I don't care about missing plot points. I'm really just watching for the acting. Like, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then also Samira Wiley was nominated for Handmaid's Tale, another violent show I haven't been able to get yeah, into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and Sarah yes. Snook for Succession. I've heard nothing but good things about Succession uh, and the ladies of Succession. So I have an HBO yes. Max. It's, can't, it's not HBO Go anymore. It's HBO Max as of like That's tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Thandi Newton for Westworld, which I saw the first season of and it was interminable. It yeah, just yeah. went on forever. I was just like so bored. So bored. Yeah. Keon watches that show. And after every episode, he has to watch like an 18 minute YouTube video that explains what's happening. And I was like, why are you putting yourself through this? Yeah. I just, like, yeah. I didn't think the work was worth it to like understand Westworld. I just wasn't interested. And like James Morrison was in that. And it was like every episode, his character gets killed. And I'm like, I'm so tired of this. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It it's there's so many things we obviously need to watch, so don't feel pressured to watch Westworld. I know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, so outstanding supporting actually or do you have a who's your who do you think from what you know, who would you be who would be your pick Ooh, for supporting actress? Can you name them again one more time real quick? Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, Helena Bonham mm. Carter for The Crown, Laura Dern and Merrill for Big Little Lies, Julia Garner for Ozark, Samira Wiley for Handmaid's Tale, Sarah Snook for Succession. And Thandi Newton for Westworld. Oh, God. I'm going to give it to Helena. I feel like if um, Olivia Coleman doesn't win for leading actress, they need to still give the crown something. And I feel like I've heard some good stuff about mm. her. Um, or I would love Meryl. I was going to say. Meryl doesn't need any more Emmys. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I loved Meryl at the time. And now that love has kind of, it's just like gone away because of time. It yeah. hasn't, it's like, I still, like if I was to rewatch that, I would be like, oh, what the crucifix. The crucifix the chin, moment. I, I know. Mean. I know. Now the thing is, I've never finished season two. And so oh. my homework is I never saw the scream scene. <laughs> I know. I know. That's like, yeah, that's pretty, I, I, I am, I remember that being like fairly early on, like episode three. I mean, I don't know how many episodes there are. It's probably like the next episode that you watch. I think it, it is. I'm pretty sure it yeah. is. But I've, the crucifix moment when she puts the crucifix on her chin and taps it. I mean, that is one of my favorite acting choices. It's I, incredible. I, I, I audibly gasped when she did it. I couldn't believe. <laughs> I was like, Meryl, you never cease to amaze me. You're not overrated at all. Yeah. Um, so skipping over some more men, outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series. Mm. Uh, and it's like eight nominees in each of these categories. It's nuts. Um, yeah, I love it though. I love that since it's going to be like a virtual Emmys, they have room to like, Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Put 10 in there, you know? Well, yeah. Why why not? not? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. So the aforementioned Alex Borstein for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, um, Betty Gilpin in glow, which I haven't seen, but I've seen Betty Gilpin. I've heard such good things. yeah, Yeah. She's really great. I've seen her in nurse Betty and she's really great. She shows up like season five, but she's awesome. Nurse Betty or nurse Jackie? Jackie, Nurse Jackie. Okay. Thank you for catching that. Um, Darcy Carden for The Good Place. And I feel like if I watched The Good Place, I'd fall in love with Darcy Carden. Yeah, she seems 
she's the coolest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else had mentioned I'm me to, so her to me. I'm so glad for her. Yeah, yes. she's supposed to be very nuanced, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, she seems great. Has that handsome lady quality that I love, you know? Yeah, ugh, love. Ugh, yeah. Um, Cecily Strong and Kate McKinnon for Saturday Night Live. And I always forget that, like, it's totally valid to nominate Saturday Night Live performers because they are working their asses off. Yeah, and Cecily Strong has been like a long time coming. And I'm I'm recycling the words from like podcasts and articles that I've listened to and read. Um, But they were saying like Cecily Strong has been like carrying the show for a while. And it's crazy that she never got uh, nominated up until now. So and the same thing with Keenan Thompson. He got nominated as well. So that's like a big win for them too. So yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, Yeah. Yvonne Orgy for Orgy, uh, man, that's, Orgy? A, that's a name to go through high school with. Uh, sure. Uh, for Insecure, she plays Molly, and it's she's great. Like I again, I've only seen the first two seasons, but it's a great character. I love how Molly kind of has her own narratives and her own life. She's not just the best friend. Um, so happy to see that na- that nomination. Uh, as you mentioned, Marin Hinkle uh, mm. is uh, nominated so for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and Annie Murphy. For Shit's oh, Creek. I'm so excited. I just I I am so this is so right. And if especially if we think of the last season, it is her best work is yeah. the, as the last season of Shit's Creek. I mean, the last couple seasons are amazing, but oh she is just of course who I want to win. I know, it's my vote too, and I don't I I'm worried for Alex Borstein. I'm worried for I don't know, Kate McKinnon has won twice. Mm-hmm. I, I know Once she's won at least. Before. Yeah. Um it's just it's a tough category and it's tough. Yeah. Marin Hinkle would be great too. Um, but I really, I really want it I, to be Annie. Yeah. I think if Annie Murphy wins, I will that will be the one I cry for. Of all the wins, oh. even over Catherine O'Hara, if Annie Murphy wins, yes. I will uh I'll be looking at a picture of Annie Murphy on the wall going, Annie, Annie, I'll be, I'll be Roz and Melvin and Melvin and yeah. for Annie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyone that I love is now just Melvin on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, just Melvin in a frame. Yeah. Uh, uh. Um and then that brings us to uh Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. Yes. A.K.A. Mrs. America. A.K.A. the Mrs. America. Yeah. Well, you know, they, yeah. So Tracy Three. Ullman, Margo Martindale, and Uzo Aduba all got nominated for Mrs. America. Rose uh, Byrne got the shaft. Rose Byrne got the shaft. You know, I'm... Rose Byrne is really good, but I'm not surprised that these three got nominated. They're the showiest performances. Okay. Um, so I'm not surprised... Uh, Holland Taylor for Hollywood, which of course you watched. I all did the way watch, through. and she's great in it. Yeah, um, and I just hate would have loved that. to see Patty in this category too. Oh but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, um, Tony Collette for Unbelievable. Yes. Uh, I, I, um, I don't know. I wanted to like Unbelievable a lot more than I did. It's hard to say it's a show that you like because it's so dark yeah, it's and it's so cool, you know, telling an important story. But I, um, there was. I don't know. I love Tony Collette, and she does a great job in it. But it just the, the it didn't get its hooks in me the way I thought it was gonna. Yeah. Um, and then Gene Smart for Watchmen. I think it's Miss Smart's year. I think Ugh. it's like from what I've the even from not really watching it and being in that circle, I still hear like yeah. every time her name is mentioned, like that's the person to beat. I, I love feel. that. 
but so we'll see what happens. Yeah. That and Dead to Me are my are my homework because I want. Oh, I'm so excited for Dead to Me. Yeah, to watch that. Ugh. So that'll be I'll, I'll be reporting back on both. I good. Yeah, good. my vote is going to go for Jean Smart because I love Jean Smart as an actress. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of her being recognized. I love that she still has a career and like is getting yeah. nominated. It just she is my kind of actress. You know, if if for some yeah. reason she was in Hello, My Name Is Doris as another friend. I, I don't think I would be able to get up off the floor and record this episode, you know? I know. Oh, yeah. She just came in. She, I mean, I think we probably said it before, too. I feel like I say this all the time now. is like Alice and Janney energy. Like, I need her and Alice and Janney in a movie. They're both tall. They're both similar types in a way, but they are different actresses, of course. But I could totally see Jean Smart playing Lavana. Oh, my God. Um, I, Tanya, that would have been just as great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Jean Smart, she also could have been in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Like, she can play oh, those yes. notes. Yes. Um, and all that reminds me, I mentioned meant to mention this when we were talking about Hello, My Name is Doris, but I need to see Alice and Janney and Caroline Aaron playing sisters or oh, yes. some kind. The two of them have such a similar energy as well. Yes. Ugh, uh, these types of women. These uh, women. These women. <laughs> they. These are my movie stars. I just yeah, yeah. love them. Um. And that, of course, brings us down to uh, Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series. Uh, and yes. So that is Alexis Bledel for The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. Cherry mm-hmm. Jones for Succession, Harriet Walter for Succession, uh, Cicely Tyson for How to Get Away with Murder, uh, Laverne Cox for Orange is the New Black, and Felicia Rashad for This Is Us. So... Ooh, I want to give it to Miss Tyson. I yeah. feel like she has not won yet, and I feel that that's often when I listen to podcasts... That's the one that's like, come on, guys. Yeah. It's like just just for sheer, the sheer magnitude of mm-hmm. Cicely Tyson as an actress and just like, let's give her another one. You know, she's yeah. uh, not that she's like going away anytime soon, but there is that sort of like, come on, she's still killing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why not? I do feel like there are those awards that are given out later in someone's career that it's like, this is really to make up for all the times you weren't nominated and didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, And I feel maybe I'm wrong in saying this. Uh, I'm going to look it up as, as we talk to, maybe she has already, I know she's been nominated before for how to get away with murder, but maybe she already did win an Emmy for it. Um, But I'm going to look it up as we chit chat. Uh, Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this is where I, I feel like, uh, once I finish dead to me and Watchmen, I feel like I want to catch up on succession because I have heard there's face journeys and lady acting and obviously Cherry Jones is great. So, you know, and I don't know Harriet Walter, but I can't wait to get to know her. Um, yeah. Cicely Tyson has been nominated five times for best, uh, guest supporting actress in a drama. I said that weird, but she's never won. Wow. All right. This well, is her I, fifth nomination. Yeah. I think it's time. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, and then that brings us to Outstanding Guest Actress in a Comedy Series. And so Angela Bassett in A Black Lady Sketch Show, Bette Midler in The Politician, Maya Rudolph, two nominations. Uh, one for Saturday Night Live. As can I, we get Maya on enemy, Right. And one for The Good Place. Um, and then Phoebe Waller-Bridge for hosting SNL and Wanda Sykes in The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. So... I think, yeah, come on, let's give it to Maya. I don't know, just yeah, because, yeah. I feel like it's leaning that way. I would, I need to see my, I need to know that Maya Rudolph has some sort of trophy, and I think that would yeah. be lovely. Have we, I don't think we've ever talked about, but you have seen uh, the Bronx Beat sketches with Maya Rudolph and Amy Poehler. Oh, yes. Sweater I, weather. Oh, uh, I, 
it's perfect i yes i mean talk about like women these are the mothers of kids i went to school with this i know these women backwards and forwards like it is i love that that is my i think my favorite snl sketch is Mm -hmm. bronx beat it's just celebrating that type of woman uh (laughs) it's so the two of them are so good uh yeah and they um, just go. They just and they go. just go. And and what I've chewing re- gum. Yeah. yeah. And what I've read is it's not improvised. It's all scripted. Really? Yeah. That they script it all down. Wow. Yeah. So, you those know, women are incredible. They are. Um, so those are all of the ladies nominated for Emmys this year. Um, so yeah, we've got some homework to do. We've got some predictions yeah. to make we've got chime in everyone who are you rooting for yeah. what should we watch first but uh, i'm not watching anything violent so what should colin watch first <laughs> right 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 uh, it's tough for me and, um, and where's the violence and uh how can i fast forward through it yeah or if there's a specific episode where you're like this is the gene smart episode of watchmen that is going to win her the emmy yes. i yes. am fully uh prepared to watch that yeah i could do that Give us entry points. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, before we wrap things up, of course, we we couldn't go without listing off our own BSAs of the week, which, yes. of course, is a performance or an actor or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives. Uh, so do you have any nominations or winners? What do you got this week? I don't have any nominations. I just have one winner. Great. Great. All right. Well, okay. uh, go for it. So I, I mean, I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth, but, um, my BSA of the week is the Real Housewives of New York City. I am, wow. I am past the point of no return, Colin, and I can't stop. Wow. I can't. And I never thought I would, I, I mean, I thought, I thought about it and I was, uh, through some pressure from, my friend Jamie, I know Amanda has a new podcast about it mm-hmm. now too. So it just kept popping up and they're all available on Hulu and I am in. I am right. in and I, I I certainly understand the, you know, the shaking of your head. <laughs> I mean, I, it's gentle because, you know, I, I can't verify and I could very easily see myself oh, slipping down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I think you mm-hmm. would actually fit in like the come on in the water's fine it's yeah. sort of that sort of deal but i'm i'm fully aware of like what it is and how none of it matters and it's just trash reality television but within yeah. that it is it's really kind of a new turning point for me and like um quarantine binging i'd yep. say like yep. i really really feel good when i'm watching it um it's funny i have like a couple people to like text as i watch it and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of seasons it's kind of like a dream situation where it's like i Mm -hmm. i have infinite amounts of it to watch and i'm just kind of it's like it's like potato chips i like instead of grabbing the whole bag i'm just gonna pour a little bit in a bowl and i'm not gonna eat any more than that i'm just gonna you know and i i watched maybe one or two episodes a day Mm -hmm. and that's my limits I was literally just going to say it's like a great big potato chip aisle in the supermarket. That's so <laughs> yeah. funny where there's just infinite seasons and flavors. Yes. Uh, yes. It's so and funny. I'm, I'm loving all of it. And I, I started in season seven. I picked a random season just because I had no idea where to start, even though like starting at the beginning is the most logical. And now I am going back to the beginning and just watching it. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like you would love it. I, there is no pressure to watch it. I, 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 the likelihood of that happening is probably very slim. But uh, it's you never just know? speaking of those 
those kind of women and just, but they're not like our kind of women at the same time. It's like the, the rich sort of privilege of it all is washes all the good sort of like sweater weather, sort of like smoking mm-hmm. a cigarette uh, mm-hmm. energy that we love. But some good New York women uh, with okay. strong accents. <laughs> I like those things. I have seen a few episodes of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. And so okay. I have okay. a sense of what I'd be getting into. And yes. I get it. I, I see it is so easy and mm-hmm. so inconsequential. And it's women and it's dumb and it's funny. Like yes. I, no judgment. I, there is, I always think about how whenever I'm traveling, like, uh, especially when I used to have to travel to San Francisco for work and then I'd be on like this weird, like, you know, with jet lag i'd wake up super early and i'd always end up watching keeping up with the kardashians on e at sure. like 6 30 in the morning because they have like yeah. a marathon in the morning and it's just like the tradition i'm in a hotel room i'm watching keeping up with the kardashians it's so fucking stupid but i am not turning it off so oh, yeah i could yeah. probably get way into that too and i i yeah. said on squirrel friends it was either like that or like the bachelor like watching old seasons of that but i mean which is also just horrendous but I'm glad I'm glad that I'm now a part of that club. And but like part of me is like, did I want to be a part of that? Like, who am I watching this for? You know what mm-hmm, I mean? I, I, mm-hmm. I was like grappling with that. I talked about it on Squirrel Friends and uh, I'm but I, I'm glad that I can kind of keep up in that conversation now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like it's been on my list and uh, I'm loving it. So yes, yeah. that's, that's my BSA or BSAs. BSAs. We're kind of doing like a, you know, uh, it's cataloging. I think it's like adult cataloging. Yeah. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm loving it. They, they become reference points. So I, I get yes. that. Um, How about you? Well, my winner, my BSA of the week, I feel like it's so like, well, you're watching Housewives. I'm watching yeah. I May Destroy You uh, yeah. on HBO. So I, I that know. is my BSA of the week is my I May Destroy You. Uh, have you heard of this show? I watched the trailer for it mm-hmm. yesterday and... Um, I don't know what it's about, but I think that's a good thing. It's like I yeah. stole an identity or something like that, or what? The less you know, the better. It I is, think, yeah. It, I mean, it is a such a good show. It is so fucking good. It is. Um, it's on HBO. It's the you know absolute brainchild of uh, this writer, director, actress, everything. Michaela Cole. I. It's it's incredible. It really, really is. Again, the less you know, the better. But it is so much an exploration of how people deal with trauma, how people deal with grief. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's it's so like the it's so surprising in like a really pleasant way where it's like, wow, that's such a great choice for how to direct that scene or how to have that conversation go. It's so unexpected and smart and like it's it, it's great. I'm I've seen the first seven episodes the, the eighth one just came out so i think it's like a 12 se- episode season so i cannot recommend it enough also the way the supporting characters because the main character you know obviously michaela cole plays the main character and she's uh the story focuses around her but then there's her best friends of terry and kwame uh who are so dynamic and so three-dimensional and have their own stories and um, bring their own perspectives. And it's, I think that's what I've enjoyed the most is how rich the supporting characters are because the main character is such a strong, indelible character. You almost don't expect that, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, oh my God, it's so good. It's heavy, but like 
good heavy. So a good it balance, like a nice, Housewives. Yeah, yeah, a nice like vacation watch or staycation watch for Keon mm-hmm. and I too. Because it seems like it has a little bit of a thriller sort of vibe. Would you agree with that or no? It sucks you in the way a thriller Suspense, would. Yeah, maybe, like, yeah. Yeah. When one episode ends, I immediately have to see the next episode. Got it. It's that Sounds kind good. of feeling. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um so check that out put it on um, the list put it on the list <laughs> once you're done watching those housewives <laughs> oh yes <laughs> um well i think all that being said i i we can you can play us off that's fine play us off so oh, we're getting played off yeah. now uh so we're getting played off which means it's the end of our episode but of course before <laughs> we go uh where can folks find more of you uh, they can find me. Uh, oh, it's funny. It was Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour is now officially on hiatus again after All Stars Five. That's we'll right. probably be back to talk about the Emmys at some point. Who knows? Um, and I'm still working on my uh, uh, my Life in the Shadows, Judy Garland's uh, series for the No Good, Very Bad Gay. I'm just being. I'm just procrastinating. A healthy dose that. of procrastination. Um, but that should be coming out on the No Good, Very Bad Gay podcast. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kuchanov. Talk to me about Housewives, everyone. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and of course, uh, you can find more of me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance. I'm doing a new episode soon. I've been procrastinating. Um, I have this like scripted one I'm working on, but then I have this Ooh, other nice. more like easy one that I should just do. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on All Right Mary. We've just finished All Stars 5. We, we're now releasing our Canada's Drag Race episodes. So um, that's a fun watch worth watching. I'm hearing a uh, lot about Jimbo. That's all I oh, know. Oh, Jimbo. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can find both of us in a best supporting capacity on Twitter at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. And there are sirens, I assume, coming for me. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, it's I'm going to get out of here. Time to get the hell out of here. Uh, I'm going to enjoy my two types of stuffing, my yes. cranberry sauce, my oh, turkey. Uh, yes. Big thanks to Tyne Daly, to Caroline Aaron, mm. uh, to Sally. To Sally. To we Sally. Love we love you. Uh, check out that audio book. Yeah. And uh, that, as they say, is that. Bye. Mm-hmm.